give me one second. I'll be I'll be right back. I have to do something for like two seconds. I miss you. <laughs> he doesn't care. You'll hear that. I'll put that in the recording. <laughs> oh, that I miss him. Well, it's true. I All do. right, let's, let's go. Everybody, Caligula here today, and I've come to say that I really like collecting seashells on the seashore. And this is the Generic Lucky Shoe Podcast. Today we have two guests. We have Ryan, you've met him before, uh, Mr. Military Guy, and we have a new guy, Jake, uh, who is a actuarial mathematician. So today we're going to be talking about that a bit, and possibly the game stonks deal that's been going on. How's it going, guys? Nerd. I just want to say, I think you're giving me too much credit on the a- actuarial mathematician front, you know. You're a professional consultant here. He is literally yeah, a professional yeah. here. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> when you start barking up the mathematician tree, that's where you get into hot water. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to mess with those guys. They'll be like, oh, you didn't take Calc 20. Okay, analysis is stupid, uh, so yeah, no, it's fine. Nobody needs to know that. Right, Very it's only what you're qualified in at the bare minimum. That's all you need. All right, so practical application. So, so actuarial what math. What is that, and why should we care? Yeah, so basically, uh, we all went to college. We we know the finance bros that would walk around campus, right? Um, take a <laughs> finance bro and mix it with the math nerds, and that's what an actuary is. Um, Basically, you use math skills to really manage a company in terms of like financial projections, risk management, stuff like that. Oh, so, okay. pretty pretty easy concept. Yeah. All right. So, like, yeah. What, what do you what do you do at your job? Like right now, could you like tell us just a little bit about like what you do uh, currently, uh, what you have done in the past, just normal stuff. Uh, yeah, so most actuaries work in insurance, um, and they really will, uh, I guess, depending on the, the field of insurance that you're working in, they'll project like, you know, uh, I don't know, what, what prices people have to pay on life insurance policies, what rates they have to pay on auto insurance policies. I kind of went a different direction. I went into the financial field, so I do credit loss and economic projections um, for the the company that I work for now. So it's really taking into account um, how the economy is looking, you know, forward looking uh, projections, and then really seeing how different credit unions and banks perform under those different analyses. Okay. Yeah, real real exciting stuff. (laughs) I gotta mention, there's like a million factors that go into. The direction of the economy like what what are the major ones that you often like take into account first or look at first yeah so there's a there's a really couple main drivers um i mean basically and this is like common sense at this point like really the unemployment rate is like the biggest driver of how like different i guess uh typically financial institutions the ones that i work with so, so that's really the big driver of how they perform because if you know a bunch of people are unemployed you know, you can't, you know, make payments on your loans, on your house, stuff like that. So unemployment being the biggest one, um, you know, uh, how much housing prices are appreciating or depreciating. Um, there's a couple other stuff that goes into that, but those are like the really high level, like key, key ones. Um, now that we've established that this person is somewhat of an expert and, uh, 
worth listening to and knows way more about this junk than uh, we do. Uh, we established last week that we have no idea what happened with uh, game game uh, GameStop. So, uh, as someone in the field, could you give us like an idea of what happened and what went on with uh, the whole thing? Yeah. So I, I think the whole scenario, while it, it's extremely funny, first and foremost, that's all I want to say. Like you know, most of the people I talk to um, that are you know in positions of power genuinely think it's funny from like an investing standpoint. Um, it's really just the bigger companies that got destroyed by this. But um, the thing that I want to make clear about this is like a lot of people will throw out like, you know, um, just a bunch of like vocabulary terms that, you know, like it's hard for the average person who hasn't been like introduced to those terms to really understand what's going on. But like the concept's really simple. So like once you once you get like the vocab, then it's pretty easy to understand what's going on. All right. So um Basically, what what happened is um, the the hedge funds that we're you know bashing on right now they took what's called a short position against GameStop. Okay, so what that means is uh, the these hedge funds would go to a stockbroker. Um, they would borrow a, a share of GameStop. Okay, so y- you can legally do this. You can literally just borrow it from a broker. Um, for temporary use, okay? And you have to give it back at a later date, okay? Let's keep that in mind, okay? So the the hedge funds borrow this share. Um, they go and sell it on the open market, okay? Because they think that the price is going to go down, okay? So if I sell it now and it's, a, it's cheaper in the future, I can buy it back and give it back to the broker for less than I sold it for, right? Oh. So if I sell it... So okay. if I sell it now for $100 and I buy it back at a later date for, let's say, $50 and give it back to the broker, I just made $50, right? Yeah, got you. Okay. So these uh, these hedge funds saw GameStop and they thought that the stock is wildly overvalued because GameStop is, I mean, it's a, it's a uh, the industry term is a brick and mortar um you know, shop that is really not doing well and has no clear direction. So we think that the stock price is going to go down sharply. Okay. So what these guys would do is they would borrow as many GameStop shares as they could, and they would go sell it on the open market. And, uh, you know, these Redditors, uh, Wall Street bets took notice because uh, there are reports that you can look at that tell you which stocks are being shorted. So they noticed that GameStop was being shorted up the wazoo. So what they decided to do was get together and buy every like every share on the market and just like invest the living crap out of GameStop. So shares on the open market became really scarce. And when it came time for these hedge funds to, you know, buy back the shares and give it back to the brokers, there weren't many shares on the open market. So. Um, since, you know, high demand, low supply, the price skyrocketed. So since they had to buy back the shares at a greater price than what they originally sold it for, they started taking massive losses across the board. And that's really like the, the entire situation summed up into just like a, a brief, like, I don't know, simple explanation of it. There's a little more that goes on, but that's a pretty straightforward explanation of all the stuff that happened. So, 
Is there a specified timeline then, like after you borrow from the brokerage, you need to give it back after this amount of time? Or could they have just waited this out and kind of played a game of chicken with each other? So this is one of the areas that I'm uh, I'm a little less sure of. I'm sure that some agreements have like a specified timeline, like you can borrow it for like a month. And I'm sure that certain agreements are less defined where it's like a kind of an open-ended transaction. Um, and you can kind of see this in terms of, you know, some people are getting out of the market you know, it's the the GameStop millionaires, so to speak, you know, the the guys that put their, you know, firstborn's kidney on the line and like really invested all their money in GameStop. Um, those people got out and made a ton of money. But you, you've seen this huge, like, uh, kind of movement on uh, Reddit and other platforms where it's like saying, hold the line, where if you just keep holding onto the stocks, right, the demand the, the stays there. And these people keep having to take losses. So I'm pretty sure there's a, a both kinds of agreements, although I'm not exactly sure on the legality of that. What what would be the best way out of it, I guess, in your opinion? If you Are you just screwed as a uh, hedge fund if you got into this situation? <laughs> well, uh, what we've seen is, you know, some of the investing platforms have shut down trades, um, and have really tried to, you know, normalize and create more of a flood of shares into the market um, to try to protect the hedge funds. So that's that's been an interesting kind of, I guess, workaround, so to speak. But ideally, um, if if you're the the people that bought the the GameStop shares um, and you see that there's this massive demand from the hedge funds to buy these because they they have to. You're going you're gonna to sell them because that makes sense from you as a consumer. And you're just going to make a ton of money while they make, you know, a ton of losses. Mm-hmm. So that's like ideally and like reasonability check what is supposed to happen here. And then uh, after, you know, all the shares have shifted positions, um, the price of GameStop should go back to, you know, more of a sensible market position. Um, once, you know, this kind of, uh, demand supply kind of discrepancy has been resolved. Yeah. Cause like adding on to that, what is to stop, uh, wall street bets or r slash wall street bets from doing this again in the future? Like just seeing someone or a hedge fund doing something like this and, uh, jumping on it like that. That's a really good question. And, um, currently wall street is trying to answer that question right now. So I, I, I've talked to I've talked to a decent number of people and, you know, um, these are people that manage risk. Right. So we're trying to take away all the downside of investing. And it's really looking at, you know, how do we prevent this situation from happening again? Right. And what, what I think was really the driver of this entire scenario was like they leveraged themselves so hard against GameStop that like when people took notice of it, it's like it's so easy to just destroy this position. So I think a simple answer would just be don't leverage yourself so hard. Like don't put all your chips in one basket when other investors can notice that you're doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your original question of what's stopping Wall Street bets from doing this again, um, absolutely nothing. <laughs> they can they can go do that whatever um now so there there are a few interesting like legal questions of what's going on here because you know this was a 
this is definite collusion to drive up a stock price, right? Yeah, um, it's like it's like, they're not getting together in a backward room, but they're on a chat site doing it, which is uh, perfect. Interesting. Yes, so there's definite collusion to drive up stock price, but the the reason, um, and once again, I'm not a legal expert on this, but I think that the reason that these guys don't have a solid legal case against the Wall Street bets guys is because they very clearly said we are overvaluing this stock. So that's a little bit different if I was telling you to go buy the stock because I think it's undervalued, right? And then I get, you know, a bunch of other people to go buy the stock. So it drives up the price for, you know, a stock that's not worth that. And then I make money, right? Because that's lying by saying, oh, it's undervalued, go buy it. These guys were very clear in saying that we're going to intentionally overvalue GameStop for the sole purpose of screwing over a hedge fund. And that's where the hilarity comes in. They had no no reason to do this other than to screw them over. And it did, they did screw this hedge fund over, uh, but this leads to another question. Uh, how many... How, how did Wall Street actually get screwed? And did other hedge funds not take advantage of what was happening? Or... Anything like that. So I, I I have to look at like, you know, really like the outcomes for different uh, different institutions. But there, there's a few famous examples of taking massive losses. And those are the people that were really, really leveraged hard. But I mean, let's be honest. If some guy on Reddit can, you know, collude with other guys on Reddit and, you know, make a ton of money off this scenario... Uh, the, the guys on Wall Street definitely can look at these trends and see what's going on and adapt on the fly to this. So I'm sure several institutions came out profiting massively from this. But there are a few massive, massive loss cases where, you know, they just got screwed over. And hey, the Wall Street bets guy at least like at least won a few scenarios, right? Because it's like the little guy versus the big guy. That's like the big narrative that's driving this. Yeah, yeah. Raj, this is just reminding me, on a sillier note, of when I heard your family playing Monopoly in the background, <laughs> and your mom was like, your brother was yelling at your mom, like, oh, that's not fair, and your mom just like, stone cold, dead ass, I heard her like, this is why you diversify your investments, and don't put all of your eggs in one basket. <laughs> <laughs> it cracked me up so much because your mom was just so stern. Like this is Monopoly, but she sounds like it's life and death. It's a, it's a learning experience, right hey, there. You gotta teach them hard lessons. You got the chance. <laughs> to her, it is life and oh death. This God. is like her bread and butter. She's on stocks like twenty four seven. So, <laughs> oh man, I've never heard such a serious game of Monopoly. Well, my brother's shouting and screaming. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. That was, a, that was a little tangent. But. <laughs> hey, we had the David Birch Goliath. It's fine. I'm happy. So what I'm hearing is that you, you sh definitely shouldn't just throw too much money into one area of the uh, stock market. It's literally just what it boils uh, down to. I, I mean, they took a massive position against GameStop. People noticed it and decided to take advantage of it. That's literally what the entire scenario boils down to. Hmm. The, the legality thing came from Robin Hood when they, when they stopped the trading. That was, that's where the legal issues are starting to get in. And that's the, that's the really interesting portion of this because, um, you can tie, um, 
some of the investments in Robinhood, so like people who own it, back to some of the hedge funds that took massive losses. So like when Congress was talking about, you know, investigating um, kind of these connections, there was largely bipartisan support to do it. And if you know there's bipartisan support for something, you know something's amiss. Yeah. Man, th- these guys can't solve COVID in a timely fashion, but man, when money's being lost, hmm, they'll get right on that. No. Not wrong. So what what's going on now, I guess? What's what's our current situation with GameStop? I think GameStop. it's still the the hold the line movement. Um, it's still going they're... up right now. I'm looking at it on the uh, the interwebs. Yep. So should I be running to invest uh, in GameStop right now? Absolutely not. These are people <laughs> no. that are holding on to their shares that are trying to keep the stock price high, and you know really still take advantage of the fact that some of these uh, institutions have to make good on their borrowings from the brokers. Yeah, but what we know about uh, lessons in the in the rise and fall of stocks, what goes up must come down. <laughs> oh. Especially if the business is floundering yeah, in, in reality. reality. GameStop is not doing well. What When's are you the talking last about? time you guys have been to a GameStop, honestly? Like yesterday. Mm, usually, what, do, what do you think John Usually and I were when doing? my fiance is going to get, his, or get her hair cut. Because then, what am I going to do? I'm going to stand around and wait. So might as well go look at look at stuff in GameStop. Um, the only times I've ever gone to GameStop was when my brother uh, would go pop figure hunting <laughs> and like uh, track down like uh, like one of like the like the Phantom Thieves or something like that at a GameStop. <laughs> and I'll just take along with him. But that's like legit the like for maybe the past two years. Uh, that was the only times I went to a GameStop was to look for Persona Five pop figures. Wait, are you saying Gaga is a Persona Five fan? Of course. Oh my god, I love him more already. Okay. That's a man of taste. Ask me... <laughs> we, we have more Persona people. ask me when's the... Uh... Oh, go for it. No, no, we just have more Persona people. That's a... Like... The clan is growing. <laughs> yeah, the, the last time I've been to a GameStop was earlier in the summer. Now, if you ask me the last time that I bought something from GameStop, that would probably be back in like a third grade birthday party where... The host like took us to GameStop, and the party favor was like a ten dollar. You got ten dollars to spend at GameStop. Like third grade is the last time I spent money there. Yeah, I think the last time I spent money there was when I was looking for. Uh, I was looking at the collection of uh, Nintendo DS games. I was like, you know what? These are kind of hard to find, so oh, I might okay. actually buy these. I, I drove my brother there earlier in the summer because he wanted a Switch. And they were out of switches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone was out of switches earlier. Yeah, that's because that's all the, fair. you know, uh, what are they? The the robots, basically, proxy programs bought them all out. Completely random side note, is it still really hard to get uh, PS5s in the new Xbox? Yes. In some it's countries, it's right extremely now. difficult. Like, UK, when they redid the stock and got, like, more PS5s in stock, like, immediately scalpers just got on it like it is incredibly hard amazing <laughs> yeah. that's because all they have to do the is story... write, a, write a program that literally just looks for the product and acquires it mm-hmm. john i remember the story uh you told earlier in the summer of the lady that like came for her switch that she ordered at target and wasn't there yet and she was like screaming like 
we need the switch and she like took her mask off or something oh yeah she oh that? i remember that yeah uh <laughs> i i was doing a pick and like this one of the she was at the customer service area waiting for a pickup and she said like uh I risked the livelihood of myself and my family to help get the switch. Where is it? Or something like that. Asked for the manager. It just started like just completely having a fit just the middle of the customer service area of so many people. I, I just had a stroke listening to it. I can't remember the rest of it though, unfortunately. The fact that she took her mask off. I risk life and limb to come to this target. <laughs> See, that's the difference between me, me and you, John. If somebody if somebody does that where I have things in order and they come and scream and you know, do whatever at me, I'm just gonna be like, get out of my office. <laughs> uh, it's a little different from military. Yeah, you, I was you gonna can say, do that. There's, there's stuff that I can control, but that is completely on the vendor. So you can get as mad as you like at me, but that's fine. I'm not. It's not gonna change anything. Just sit there, listen to their mind. John, John secretly has an M16 under his uh, counter, just ready and waiting to pull it out. Oh God, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Target, don't listen. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, don't check under the counter. He's totally like. <laughs> well, I mean, they wouldn't joke. even be checking under the counter because uh, that would be the emergency button, right? Not an M16. Yes, yes, Duh. it's the emergency button. Corkado los dos. Ah, yes, the emergency button. <laughs> when in when in events of emergency, break glass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, if we have round two of uh, rioting coming up soon here, you know, it might not be a bad investment. I mean, isn't it going to happen? I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. We'll see. More rioting yeah. as soon as the uh, this uh, what is it? Yeah. The George Floyd. Floyd. Uh, yeah, the Floyd and the Chauvin case starts, yeah. Yeah. I feel like for a long time in the U.S. it's been just a question of, uh, when, not if. (laughs) Yeah. See, I thought my grandfather was crazy about that, but, uh, I guess he was right all along. Yeah, I don't even, like, when's the last year that we didn't have some sort of, like, large-scale protest or riot? Like an entire year devoid of protest? Yeah. Oh, that's probably like... Well, Ever. protesting is one thing. Rioting <laughs> is a little bit different. Uh, like large-scale yeah. large rioting. We haven't had a large-scale riot in a long time. Uh, I think the most recent one that we had was... Probably back in the 80s. Like a couple of LA riots? Yeah, Rodney I'm King? thinking of. I'm thinking of. Yeah, Rodney King. Rodney King. Yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah, I. Who's Rodney King? What? Uh, he was a. Um, uh, he he was an African American that got like this guy like managed to videotape like a bunch of cops pulling him over and just started beating him. Oh. Like. Oh, uh, oh yeah, there was that one too. That's right. I think that was the Rodney King one, wasn't that it? That was the Rodney King one. I was thinking of one that was even before that, but you're right. That actually, we had riots off of that. Yeah, that was where the whole Korean on the rooftop meme comes from. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Like the rooftop Korean gunman and stuff like that. Have you not heard this no, meme before? No, I have no. What are you talking about? Oh, it, it's like uh, there's so there's like a pretty big Korea town in L.A. So like when because a lot of the rioting ended up, of course, uh, like escalating and diluting eventually. Of course. And when that happened, um, 
uh, like the cops started just like a lot of like there's some areas that just got completely overwhelmed so the cops couldn't do anything about it and uh the uh, korea basically like a lot of the fortunes of korean town like it got really big in the news of them just like all coming out in arms like just like just protecting their own shops like you would see like entire rooftops of just fully armed koreans protecting like their little korea towns and stuff like that jesus then, like, oh wow yeah flashbacks like all in like uh some of them in like military attire and stuff like that because most koreans have to most male koreans uh especially if they were at some point living in south korea have to go have through to mandatory military, military service Can you imagine that's like no we, we were actually trained military people or formerly trained military people trying oh, her yeah. my shop yeah i don't know any trained military people you know yeah it's just, <laughs> just no uh, they don't exist <laughs> anymore uh. <laughs> you know it's wild uh my girlfriend's uh grandpa on her mom's side was in the laotian military like during the communist revolution and like fought in that and like is now living in the u.s because his side lost the war that's gotta be fucking weird yeah like 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 fighting in a war and like getting out of the country at the end and i don't yeah that's wild wait that was crazy dude did Lao go com- become communist? Um, yeah, yeah. The most of Indochina, uh, post around the time of the Vietnam War, uh, were at some point uh, either Maoist or just communist in some shape or form. Like the Khmer Rouge Revolution that happened in Cambodia happened around happened at the exact same time as um, the Vietnam War. And Lao, like I'm pretty sure, like Marcus knows this plenty well from the stuff he's always talks to me about once in a while. But like. The, because of the Ho Chi Minh Trail, the Vietnam War basically was part of Laos as well. Oh. So. Yeah, there's the uh, good old secret Laotian War. as It's it's called that in Laos because um, whenever they do have Americans visit, like, they had, most Americans have no idea that we were ever in Laos. Yeah, no, I had no idea. But, see, uh, see, this here, is let me why, look up the payload. This is why America is great. Because would you ever get a game stonks scenario in Laos? Oh, hard to say. <laughs> the real question to ask, John: uh, Were these uh, were these communist Soblinites, or were they? Uh... Oh no, we're not talking about this. <laughs> this is on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, John? I want my. We're not bringing up Hoi 4 mods on podcast. I want my fairyland <laughs> communist revolution that in no way, shape, or form will fall apart because it's not practical at all. Oh my god, no. Get us out. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the craziest statistic about the Laotian War. So there were 580,000 bombing missions. Um, and it was equivalent to a plane load of bombs every eight minutes. 24 hours of day for nine years. That's how much ordinance we dropped on Laos. Yeah, that sounds about right, considering what we've done to other countries. Uh, we, uh... This is more excessive than actually anything we've done to it, another country yeah, it, before. It is, but like, or since. This is, like... Is it really uh, the highest? Yeah, it is the highest, wow. from, what I, from what I understand. Because I know that... Yeah, we that, bombed um, the shit out of Laos. I know what people like to say about the Vietnam War is that we dropped more bombs in northern Vietnam or, like, during the Vietnam War than we ever... Th- than we did during the entirety of World War II. I remember people saying that a lot. I actually don't even know if that's true, but I hear that it, all the time. I could believe it. it you, maybe it's, like, 
more for the size of the... No, I think it's just well, more. I, it's also I, easier. From what I understand, it's the most we've dropped on a single country. Well, as time went on, it just became easier to drop more and more ordnance, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can just drop, like, 20 bombs of napalm and it'll do it. Or, like, your bombers now, instead of dropping, like, their 10 or 6 or however many bombs a B-17 could carry, your B-24, B-52 is dropping God knows what. Let alone all of the... um active landmines that are still in the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like we never cleaned up the landmines that we set. I mean it's a little difficult too. Yeah. This is not Iran. We can't just run kids through the minefield telling them they'll go to heaven. <clears throat> Which uh Jesus. Yeah that's a real thing. They did that. Yeah, that's a real thing. Wait, that's yeah. a thing? Yeah they did that. Oh my yeah. god. So uh so it's, it, it's seen as a real thing. So in the Iran Iraq war um that that came um the uh I forget what was uh the the head person of Iran at the time, the supreme, Khomeini. yeah, Khomeini, uh, the supreme like religious leader. Um, Iraq mined the border between Iran and Iraq, and Iran needed to get through. So they basically told the kids, "Hey, if you go run through this minefield, you will go to heaven." And they sent the kids through the minefield to blow up like the mines, so that they could then move their military through, uh, like the blown up minefield. So uh they uh yeah. they conscripted a lot of people. Like and then the war kind of got to a point where it it started like to represent more of like the old World War 1 trench warfare. So like to do a lot of stuff like what Roger's talking about. Yeah, they conscripted basically a lot of people and like a lot of like youth movements ended up joining the army that yeah. were like untrained. Listen, I get it. Kids suck, right? But <laughs> ah, that's a bit much. It's about sending a message. If you you see this guy's face, when the Shah got ousted and he came back and there was like cheers and everything, this dude was like stone cold just sitting there as the car was going through the throngs of like cheers and like of people. He was just like stone cold just staring out like a thousand yard stare of death just didn't react. Guy's an animal. Or good or ill, whatever, whatever you want to call it. That was a cheery note. Yes. Um, Nothing like GameStop in the landmines. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is like escalated so much. It ties so well together. I don't know what you guys talk about. Yeah, obviously similar. So, uh, global thermal nuclear war. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Japanese uh, medical experimentation. Global thermal nuclear war. Okay. Which side yeah, no would you like to play as? No wonder the U.S. Has. looks back and... <laughs> no wonder the U.S. looks back at World War II and is like, yeah, let's just think about this. This is a much <laughs> better memory generation. <laughs> Things get very messy. <laughs> like in uh, what, Korea War, we had MacArthur basically saying, look, we need to nuke the border between Korea and China. We need to nuke it. That's some, just some crazy, some fun ideas that people come up with when you read into it long enough. It's it's you get all sorts of nutty stuff. Like uh, there's always the nuclear option. Oh, like the moment we developed them, there was the nuclear option. Like Operation yep. Unthinkable is a really good example. Like the moment we defeated Nazi Germany, there was already like a plan on paper to like immediately uh continue the war into the Soviet Union which would involve like basically like 
which involved heavy use of U.S. nukes on like the, the Russian border and stuff like that. Like the moment we were like, ah, yes, we invented nukes. Now, guys, time to make plans. <laughs> <laughs> which which Did Russia have nukes by that no. point? No, no, uh, question. we the Russians got nukes in 1951, something like that. I think. Oh, there was like a moment where you could argue that the U.S. was at the absolute height of their power when there was no other countries in the world that had nukes. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like nuke unlocked is pretty much. Yeah, that's like that's pretty peak. <laughs> that puts you a step ahead for sure. It's pretty peak Come on, there's a reason right it there. wins Call of Duty games. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, this is what I want in my like little skirmish of like eight on eight. We're gonna call in a tactical nuke. Hey, I mean, it, it, it may as well. Gotta make it? sure you yeah. get those guys. You can't miss. That last dude's a camper. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Are they not dead? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but did sure you dude. die? <laughs> yes, I, I got did the die. Job <laughs> oh my goodness. So anyway... It is nice to hear... Oh, go for a rush. No, I was going to say something stupid like, so anyway, Japanese war crimes. So if you have something actual to say... Uh... Oh, uh, I was going to say it's really nice to hear from like somebody that actually has the credentials to talk about the stuff that happened with GameStop. Because like... <laughs> I... I kind of had an idea about what happened, and then of course, like, uh, my brother's kind kind of like plays around a lot of stocks, but then to actually like hear it from like somebody that can be like, oh yes, I can actually like trust you. I don't think you're trying to lie to me. <laughs> you guys me. are hyping me up too much. You act I like mean, a, I mean, I'm not you official got the, at you all. You got the paper, Jake. Uh, yeah, yeah you, you, a piece also, of paper you made hanging shorts. on the wall. You made shorting make a lot more sense to me because I was like, "How the hell are the stock prices going up and they're losing money when they have the stock?" It's like, "Oh, they don't actually own the stock." This they is need what to I'm talking back. about. Like, oh shit! <laughs> a lot of it is just vocabulary that people throw out. They're like, "Ooh, the short squeeze," and most people are like, "That makes no sense to me, right?" Like, but like, what are when, you talking when, about? <laughs> yeah, when you get it actually like explained, it makes complete sense. Like, it's pretty much all just vocabulary stuff. Let me see. So other than like playing these games with companies where it's like, oh, they're gonna go down. Is there any reason to short a company? Like other than they're they're screwed, or you think they're or you think the company's screwed? I mean, shorting is literally just like taking a bet that the price is gonna go down. That's all it is. So I mean, okay, it, it could be for you know they're overvalued. The price is gonna decrease. It could be like. I don't know, some disasters could happen that stock prices go down. Uh, it's literally just a bet that, you know, the price is going to decrease. Uh, whatever reason behind that or why you believe that, that, you know, that's up to the investor, but hard to say. Yeah, it seems like counter to how most people think about the stock market. Normally you're thinking about putting money into these companies that you're going to see grow rather than uh, betting on them failing. It just seems counter to like how most people view the stock market. Hey, we love probably to see people fail. So, yeah, and that's just humans. That's probably why people got so confused by it. Like that's what I was think. Why I was confused I was like, oh, I didn't even think about the fact that you could bet on people going down. Dude, this is humanity. If we can't bet on people oh. failing, then uh, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> how do you make money if you can't? Bet on people failing. You can make money off any scenario other than like a complete <laughs> market collapse, which I'm sure people would find a way to make money off. There's that. probably people who are currently waiting. Oh yeah, on the market you know collapse. who made money on the last time the market collapsed? The uh, the banks. The people. 
The people that have their money out. in their mattress. Yeah. Isn't that the whole plot behind the, the big the short? The people who have their money in their mattress, they're no, no, betting no, no. on the, the market get collapsing. Out by the government. <laughs> like, hell that's, yeah. that's who makes money. Who does? The people bailed out by our uh, uncle, dear uh, uncle. Uh, by yep. the U.S., yes. That's like the one thing that kind of got exposed by this whole like situation is like kind of all those shady connections between, you know, the investing platforms, like the people in government and of the hedge funds, right? Um, one yeah, of my like, favorite really things. a big oh, spotlight on it. Yeah. Go. Um, well, just after like people got COVID briefings, there were multiple like representatives that like went and sold a bunch of shares. So it's like they, they all have friends in these places. And it's no surprise to see that this is like the outcome. Yeah, like, um, like, my dad and brother bring it up all the time a lot, like, basically, like, whenever, like, the stimulus money was coming in for companies, especially the airlines, it, it basically was, like, just, like, a giant spotlight for them being, oh, yeah, now we can, they're, they're gonna bail us out, so, like, we can do all sorts of stuff for our money now. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. That's why people hate Wall Street, is because every time, like, you, you make a huge gamble, it seems that they get bailed out. That's really like the, the kind of the animus that people have with Wall Street. Because, you know, if, if you make a risky bet, you should pay the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They don't play yeah. by the same rules. Nah, too big to fail. These banks are just too big to fail. We can't let it go down. Yeah, if they went down, all these other people would go down. And also the politicians would that, go that's down. That's the thing. The politicians would go down, <laughs> and then they lose money. Oh no, my funding. <laughs> yeah. Can't have that happen. My money. Why are you bailing these people out? I like money. I like their money. Yes. I, I like the money they give me. You remember that entire campaign that they funded for you? Yeah. They remember. Is this kind of like, in some ways, the first like major, I guess, a wa- in a way, a watershed moment where... The people that kind of run the, not run the stock market, but like the big, the big players in the stock market are seeing that we, we have this information distributing in these like chat windows and these smaller communities. Um, and they can actually get together and play, play big. Possibly. I, you or know, this I'd really kind have of thing to, happened before. I'd really have to look back. Um, cause you know, I don't have like, you know, every historical event, you know, just fresh in my mind, but what? <laughs> my, my bad. He's fake. He's um, fake. He's a, he's a fake, uh, specialist. Got him. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm actually stupid. Um, no. So I think that, you know, this kind of is from what I've seen, I've heard a lot of people talk about, um, and once again, this, this is like a vocabulary term that I've heard come up. It's like momentum based investing is where you really try to capitalize on some of these, what I'll call mobs, you know, really dumping their money into a certain security. Um, so I, I've definitely heard that come up. I don't know if this is really like the first one, but it, it's definitely the freshest in everyone's mind. That's the one thing yeah. I can say is where this is really I mean, how many times have you heard just some random, you know, guy on the streets talking about GameStop? It's really brought, you know, a lot of more investors and we'll say consumers as a whole, you know, really thinking about the whole scenario. So possibly. Mm -hmm. Basically, every news channel I saw, like I like was bringing up the GameStop stuff and like uh, Reddit. So, yeah, momentum is definitely dude a playing aoc team. and freaking what was his name uh from texas i believe this ted remember. cruz ted cruz were on board with each other doing it man 
There were there's some uh, lost money going on that they did not want lost. That is a that is a united front I would never expect to hear. <laughs> Look, man, money is money. At, at the end of the day, we're kind of colleagues, and we like our money, money where it is. Uh, you know, keeping it here. Yes, sir. Money is money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, 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 John. Hey, John. Did you know that most of our imports come from other countries? Dude, I really missed Holy that. Holy moly. <laughs> Yo. The room's spinning Every right now. Every oh 60 seconds, God. a minute passes in Africa. Together, we can stop this. <laughs> out, 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 of, out of all the people who have Holy died from crap. COVID, how, out of all the people who have died from COVID, how many do you think survived? <laughs> Zero. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Hold on. No, I'm, we I'm have, doing the analysis. Give me a sec. <laughs> <laughs> We have we have the best presidents. Oh yeah, man. polar bears aren't in danger; they're just unlucky. I love I love George W. Just for that quote. Just for that quote. Imagine, yeah. imagine being in a press conference and hearing W. Just say, "You know, I just recently found out that our I- some of our imports <laughs> come from other countries." Really? Oh, really? <laughs> really? There's a there's legitimately a part of one of his speeches. Uh, it was like on the White House where he just paused for a second and went, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> no, if you guys want the ultimate W clip, um, he was like doing a round of golf or something and like reporters caught up to him and they were like asking for like a comment on it was like some maybe like a terrorist attack or something. It was some oh, major yeah. debacle in like the Middle East. And like, he, you know, he gives this kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, press version of like a comment. And then at the end of it, he goes... Now watch this drive. And he turns yeah. around and goes and tees off. <laughs> Dude, People meme that like, so hard all the time. I remember that. <laughs> oh my god. It's so bad. Literally, like, it was a good drive. This existential, existential terrorist threat that's looming over us. I don't know, man. I'm just here to play golf. Now watch this drive. <laughs> now watch this drive. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> The man that kept on giving. Cut Bless down. Bless. We're gonna have four years of Biden, though, man. I'm I'm ready. We're gonna have two years of Biden, <laughs> and then he's gonna go senile, and then we're gonna have two more years of Kamala Harris. No, no, they're gonna saying, like keep Jack. him. They're gonna keep him going. Yeah, but, for all four but years, he, they're gonna like start gonna be like the, uh, up on like a ton of drugs. Zombie red, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like zombie Reagan. <laughs> Yeah, and behind, uh, yeah, behind yeah, him, exactly. Kamala is just like, yes, good, good. Now, spin it in his general direction. Something just silly. Entire cabinet, bro. Get it out of here with this Kamala shit. It's everybody. Yeah, but I, you know, vice president Kamala. It's narratives, John. You know about this. It's narratives. Oh, yes, but we're not here to talk about narratives. We're here to talk. Oh, oh. Just like Cheney was the uh, had had his hand up Bush's ass, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At least that's what they say. <laughs> Didn't they make a movie yep. about that? Yep. It was like the VP yep. or something. Like Vice, I think? Yeah, Vice, yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. They made a book about it too. Like there there was there was a ton oh, of stuff. They make a book about everything, bro. And that this is all people true. trying to slander W. I won't take it. That man's too good at driving the golf ball. <laughs> Dude, he's a phenomenal painter too. <laughs> That's what he should have done. He should have been a painter. But then there's no money he in painting. He is painting, a painter. So, you know. 
president first. But are we talking about Hitler now? George W. as a painter. (laughs) Do you think George would have invested in GameStop? (laughs) You know, that's what keeps me up. That's a really good question. Only if Cheney told him. This is what keeps me up. Let's think about this. It was he's he's, he's, so so. The like like uh, when we were talking to Joe, he said this. The basically everybody being an idiot made them all geniuses, right? So now, based on the the history track record we have of uh, George W. Bush, would he be on the people who would be on the hedge funds, or would he be on the people? Who are uh, the redditors? That's a that's a good question. I have this phenomenal image because they both uh, did George something w stupid. Wall Street, Press. right? Yeah. <laughs> see, that's what I'm thinking about too, John. I'm like, well, Did you just I can see him being George either Bush one of them. <laughs> he would be both. He would have been on the hedge fund side, then forgotten oh. about it. <laughs> you're right, you're right. He would have started out on the hedge fund, and then he would have said, like, "Watch this drive." Oh boy, boom, this is a great he's opportunity. Read it. <laughs> He's, he's just like, okay, so what should I be doing, guys? Like, what, what's this all about? Oh, invest! Now? All right, all right. <laughs> this is like one of my favorite parts about this whole thing. It's like you see like the usernames that made a ton of money off this. So I can only imagine like George's like username on Reddit. It's like VW, VW coming in from the top ropes. I made twelve million dollars on Game Stocks. VW, <laughs> dude. What if Bush? Started a Twitch streaming. Ah, oh, sweet Jesus, that'd be lit. dude, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> just seeing him try, I'm, I'd be into it. I've watched too much Russian Badger, so all I'm imagining is George W. saying "poggers" in the chat. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> dude, he's like funny. breaking down his rig. Could you imagine George W. doing a rig breakdown? Like, oh yeah, I got the AMD Ryzen. Yeah, no, you gotta have his accent. You gotta have a George Bush too. accent when you're saying it. I got this doohickey here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> dude, not sure dude, what it does. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know what would be he's great? He's breaking down the clip of dodging shoes. He's like, that was pretty pog. <laughs> it would be great <laughs> if Clinton did that. Just imagine Clinton trying to oh. do this, like streaming. <laughs> so, this entire channel oh, should post it. It's just all right, y'all. I'm I'm here. I'm doing it. Uh, any uh, is any hot girls in the chat? You know, just oh no. Um, no, 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 they, they have to Ariana be underage Grande, yeah. Ah, yes, that's right. Oh, I mean, he was looking at Ariana Grande, and... No, that's no, no. true. <laughs> what? Or, sorry, no, like, that's, that's, that's Biden. We've, Biden just has we've to, talked about has this to before. sniff uh, underage. Yes, Biden sniffs underage girls, Clinton just looks. True. Very but, but Biden, explicitly. Biden bite this wife's face. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you guys talking about? You haven't seen that video? Oh my god, there's... So, like, I don't know what was happening. Like, his wife, at, like, some public speech, held her hand up near his face, (laughs) and he turned his head and just, like, put her finger in his mouth, (laughs) and then, like, turned back to the mic. (laughs) It was so weird. Oh my god. (laughs) Our political leaders, everyone. It's great. Nail fungus. Delicious. The next, the next few years are definitely going to highlight just how much of a figurehead the United States president oh, is. Oh yeah, if it hadn't already been, <laughs> like, it's yeah. in everyone's face by this point. <laughs> it's like as we just slowly watch our uh, commander in chief's brain melt. 
<laughs> on live television. Pretty sure, like, uh, Ryan was like, just saying, um. it's probably just going to be another Reagan year, yeah, yeah. possibly. Well, that, that's uh, second exactly term Reagan, I should say, specifically. Oh, that's so good. And that's what exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of, John. Just Reagan went, like, legitimately, like, almost brain dead in his last year or two. Yeah, Aren't it, we all like, a little brain dead? Oh, I, absolutely. But, <laughs> See, we're not, uh, we're not responsible for representing a country, though. That's the difference here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're not Reagan. As far as I understand, Jacob, you're not currently commander in chief. Oh, what's what's it called? Um, commander in chief of Laos. When, when you look at the stars and and it's a uh, magic, star magic, astrology. Reagan had like a astrologist in his employment while he was president. Did he really? I would and, like listen to her, and he like started meetings at like specific times, like at weird times, like like eleven thirty seven. A.M. Yeah, it's the Sagittarius the hour. Come on. Yeah, well, yeah, and like <laughs> <laughs> people are like, "This is weird. Why are we starting? Like, why don't we just start at noon or whatever it is, whatever the normal time is?" Like, no, we need to start it now because this is the good time. The stars will align on me. Oh my goodness! Yes, incredible. I yeah. would have yeah. an astrologist. That'd be hilarious, guy. Is it true, Mister President, that you have an astrologist in your employment? Absolutely. Why? I don't know. Shits and giggles. <laughs> Why else? Yo, how, how else do I know if the gods are smiling down at me? Like, what the fuck? BuzzFeed would be permanently <laughs> on your side. That's a win. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I learned that from a different podcast uh, called uh, Something Bastards. I don't remember the name of the podcast exactly. Uh, but basically, they go through like the worst people in history and just kind of like do... Wait, wait, wait was Reagan, what Reagan got about him. the worst people in history? What is this bullshit? There's <laughs> no way he's even close. I think it was actually about his uh, astrologer that, that was on the list. How did his astrologer get on the list? Did he go and like... That's so interesting. Was he doing burgundy... Was he trying to get the burgundy system? The great oh, bastards, I think. Calm down, Rash. I don't, under, I don't get it. <laughs> With the TNO references. <laughs> okay, maybe they ran out of bad people, you know? There's, 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 there's a, a lot, lot of bad, bad people. people. <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Like, yeah, how can they run out of bad people? Though I am curious. <laughs> we've we've covered so many bad people that we've gotten to the point where we're talking about the astrologist for Reagan. That's an oddly behind the category. That's what it's called. It's it's called behind the bastards. Oh, wait, so, oh, okay. Yeah. Do they have to be born out of wedlock, though? <laughs> is that like a, is that a category? Because <laughs> then you could run out of bad people faster, you that's know? That's true, that's true. I'm sure we could we could find, like, a million bad people who were born outside of wedlock. Yeah, but then it still restricts the amount of people by a pretty serious amount. That yeah, is a pretty true. large margin there. But it would take a I mean, lot I've of episodes read Game of Thrones. to run out. I know bastards are inherently bad people. Yes. Every- oh, yes. All horrible people, yeah. every single one of them. Is anyone here a bastard by any chance? Just so, uh, just just so we know who is uh, a terrible person. Yeah, yeah. Why are you volunteering me, <laughs> bro? I am not. <laughs> what the heck, man? Uh, Raj, weren't you an oopsie? Okay, there's a big difference between being an oopsie and being a bastard. Is it conceived out of wedlock or born I'm, out of I'm wedlock? I'm pretty sure it's born out yes. of wedlock. Yes. 
Okay. You can you can have a quickie marriage, then you're good. Like one day before. <laughs> oh shit! Kids legit. It's gonna happen. Like literally, they say we the can't abort it anymore. The... It's too late. <laughs> in the hospital, on the bed, like, and your man and wife. All right. <laughs> Getting married by like the the Vegas Elvis. <laughs> You may kiss the bride. Um, uh, do I have to? Can I like wait a couple minutes? Like, no, no, kiss the bride right now. Like the the lady's literally holding the baby's head and like kiss me. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Kiss me, fool. <laughs> what a great visual. But don't you have to consummate the marriage? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Holy shit. <laughs> For legal reasons, that was a joke, I swear. <laughs> On paper, I am kid. Alright, I don't even know how to follow that All up. Alright, sweetie, um, <laughs> um, we, we, we gotta do it. I know I know your cervix is opening, but like, them's the brakes, oh I'm sorry. Oh my god, no, eject, Rod, eject. <laughs> <laughs> um all right we're, we're at about 55 minutes here uh that's that's good i think no no today. we need more we need more talk about <laughs> we need more <laughs> all right uh i think we're gonna call it for today but thanks for getting on everybody of course yes yeah thanks for uh, having me yeah that was really that was really awesome going through that yeah, it was better than I appreciate my, it. my my uh, what I was saying a couple a week ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna listen to the episode before this and be like, "What the fuck were they talking?" Oh, yeah, what specifically <laughs> the, was the Rod Korea talking one? about? Because <laughs> and half the time too, it was be like Jake would know more about this, or like, "Hey, uh, I got this from Jake." It's like maybe we should have him on just to tell us what the hell is happening, <laughs> so it's not me trying to interpret him. Uh, depression. I too am a smooth brain. <laughs> Alright. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you have a great day or night or whenever it is. Thanks for listening. Bye! Bye! Bye. Viva la revolucion! <laughs>